Hello, it's the August DCM podcast. The interval is over. I hope you've got your Cornettos and popcorn. And my name is Tom Lanay. And for this first DCM podcast since January, I'm going to be talking to Tyrone Walker-Heaven, the founder of Genesis Cinema and Stepney Green, and one of the heroes of the London cinema scene. I'll be chatting to Tyrone about what it's like since Genesis reopened after lockdown, what they've done to make their customers feel safe, what films they've been showing and what he's looking forward to, amongst many other things. But before we get to that chat, I'll just highlight that a number of cinemas across the country are now open. Genesis, along with some Odeon sites and some other independent cinemas, reopened on the 4th of July. And every weekend since then, more cinemas have reopened. Cineworld reopened their doors from th- the last Friday, the 31st of July, and with view opening and selection of their sites from this coming Friday, the 7th of August. Check your local listings to see whether your local site is open and what they're playing. There's a range of films on offer, which Tyrone and I discussed, from classic blockbusters such as The Empire Strikes Back and Jurassic Park, to 2020 hits such as Parasite, and a range of new releases too, such as the Russell Crowe thriller Unhinged and Eva Green drama Proxima. The next blockbuster in cinemas is the highly anticipated Christopher Nolan action thriller Tenet, which I am so excited about, and that's due out on the 26th of August. But let's get to my chat with Tyrone. We spoke remotely, so that has obvious implications for the audio, but I think we had a really good chat, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi Tyrone, it's great to chat to you as always. So for people who might not be familiar with the Genesis, tell us a little bit about it and how you came to own a cinema in East London. Uh, So Genesis Cinema is a family-owned, family-run independent cinema in the uh, grand east end of London. Uh, That's where I'm originally from, uh, born in Forest Gate, family uh, grew up in Poplar. And uh, we had a family business. Uh, my parents had a family business in uh, in Bow, Bromley by Bow. So it's um, yeah, it's very very close to our hearts. We're sort of uh, born and bred all around this area. Although my mum's from Deptford, she wasn't really allowed to marry my dad because she's south of the river. But uh, they managed to get away get away with that. Um, I was uh, my mum and dad worked very hard and uh, gave me a good education bless them and uh, so I and they told me never to go into the family business so I decided to go into electronics electronic engineering did that for apprenticeship at Marconi's and then um, got a bit bored of that so I bought a transit van of 300 videos did a mobile video library for uh, for a couple of years which was great fun but uh, once that was all set up and everything it was a little bit a little bit boring so I um, and then my mum well, my dad was taking my mum away for her birthday uh, and he said to me, I'm taking mum away for a couple of weeks. So can you just keep your eye on the business for a couple of weeks? Uh, just look after it. So I said, well, dad, I don't know anything about roofing. How can I do that? So he said, um, well, you have actually been working with me since you were 13, uh, which at least true. I used to go on the sites at the weekend to earn a bit of pocket money. He said, and, and anyway, he said, people who think you know, all about it because you uh, you're my son so uh, that was my first introduction to BS which is coming very <laughs> handy over the years um, so I did that and actually loved it I was really surprised how much I loved the uh, the camaraderie the banter the you know and it's actually quite a um, it's quite a creative job surprisingly um, roofing because you are you know you still got to get all your ducks in a row you're, you're you're producing something and you you create something actually I've got something at the end of it to uh, to show so um, I don't think a lot of people realize how creative the building industry is anyway we then went through the the penultimate recession um, 
and uh, looked at getting into something else because it hit the building trade really hard. The building trade was always the first to go in and the first to come out of uh, of any recession, which um, it now, and then I moved into cinema and it looks like this is now going to be the first in and the last out as well. So, but we looked at doing something else, looked at developing our site in Bow, which is an industrial site into something, a Kentucky Fried Chicken drive through a, uh, a gym, a bowling alley, anything really. And I was going out with a girl from, Chelmsford at the time and went to see a film at the Chelmsford Odeon and came out there and thought well this doesn't look that big so I started goose stepping it out like a good roofer does and she said to me what are you doing so I said I'm just going to measure this to see if it will fit on Valentine House which was our site in Bow in East London and she said you own a cinema don't be ridiculous so of course that was a red rag to a ball I phoned up 20th Century Fox the next day spoke to a guy called Ray Carskadden who had the same accent as me because he was from Ilford and uh, so he was very open to telling me how the business works. And I said, you know, if I build a cinema, Ray, how does it work? Is it an old boys network? Is it a closed shop? What's the deal? So he said, well, at the moment, if you build five screens or above in London, then you get first run films. We had about a 20 minute conversation. He told me the nuts of the bolts of the business. I thought, yeah, I think we could probably do this. So we went for plan of permission at Valentine House uh, with Tower Hamlets for a five screen cinema, a six screen cinema, actually. And they refused this plan of permission because they said if a cinema would work in Tower Hamlets, someone else would have done it by now because there were no cinemas in Tower Hamlets. So I said to them, well, that's not a planning issue. Um, you can't refuse me plan of permission on that. And they said, anyway, you're roofers. What do you know about cinemas? So I said, again, not a planning issue. But they refused the plan of permission. One of the planners came outside. My dad was saying, yeah, we'll leave it now. So we've got a good little business. We just concentrate on that. And the guy who came out said to me, look, I'm really embarrassed about that. I actually was for you. He said, but there is another cinema down the road. Why don't you have a look at that? It's in uh, in Whitechapel, Bethnal Green. Just have a look have a look down there. So I said, well, I'm going to appeal anyway. I'm going to go to the Department of the Environment on appeal. And uh, like I say, my dad said, just leave it. We'll crack on with our other business. But that's not really my style. So I went to the Department of the Environment on appeal. And during that time, I had a look at this old derelict cinema along the Mile End Road that had been shut for 10 years. It was the last cinema to close in Tower Hamlets. And you had to move a tramp out of the way to get into the uh, <laughs> into the screen. He, he stunk of, uh, of wee. But he was a very nice guy, I've got to say. He was a lovely fella. Um, went in with the key, undid the padlock and went in. It was all boarded up. And it was amazing. I mean, it was in a terrible, terrible state. There'd been rave parties in there, fires, there was a big arrow spray painted on the wall, pointing into one of the toilets saying, drugs this way. So it was bad. Massive holes in the roof, which didn't really bother me, um, obviously being the roofing game. And there was a massive, no, massive cones of pigeon poo everywhere. I didn't realise that pigeons poo in cones when they're en masse. So that was a nice lesson to learn. Um, and then I thought, yeah, we, we could go for this. So I went to buy it off of Bash Charrington. They owned it at the time. And they said, we accept your offer, but we uh, we want to use this as a bribe to get non-food retail on the rest of the site, the Anchor House Brewery site next door. So I said, guys, I said, you know, this that won't work. I've just been through a whole planning process with Tower Hamlets. Um, they won't take kindly to that. But I was a little East End boy, little Cockney boy in the East End, and these guys were uh, very posh West End agents, so they didn't listen to me. Um, and I ended up managing to get planned permission on the other site because I, I won that from the Department of Environment. So it allowed me to go back to and say, look, if you don't sell me this now, I'm not going to 
uh, touch this. I'll go and build a six screen just up the road and no one will touch this with a barge pole. So they sold it to me, which was great. Brought my dad in, said to my dad, right, this is what we've got to do in screen one. I said, we've got to fix that hole up there. And that's when he said to me, oh, that's where me and your mum used to sit. So I said, what? He said, yeah, he pointed to two seats in screen one. He said, me and your mum used to sit there every night. She used to take her shoes off. They used to roll down the front of the screen. She was a pain in the backside. I said, you and mum came here. He said, yeah, we did all that courting here in the 60s. He said, that's why you're Tyrone after Tyrone Power. My brother Spence after Spencer Tracy, two old 30s, for his film stars. And we've ended up back in the cinema where they uh, where they did their courting. So that's my that's my story. That's why how I ended up owning Genesis Cinema. And it's become something of an East London institution, hasn't it? Yes, it does seem to be. I mean, we were we kicked off very well because uh, when we opened in uh, on the fifth of May, nineteen ninety nine, Barbara Windsor came back to open it for us because in nineteen sixty three. There was a royal premiere here called Sparrows Can't Sing, and that was Barbara's first uh, first feature. So she came back to open up, and she was fantastic. I've got to say, the woman well, was an institution. She was incredible. She really helped us out. She got loads of press for us. She supported us a number of times afterwards as well. Um, she halved her fee because it was a local family. She was only supposed to say half an hour. She goes, don't worry, love, I'll stay all night. She stayed all night. She spoke to every single person. She was brilliant. And I think that kind of kicked off giving us that uh, that authentic heritage. Um, people did respect what we've done. We've uh, touched wood, never really had any, any trouble. And I think people understand it's a family business and we're trying to do our best for the community. Uh, with our, and with our pricing and everything, you know, we're, we're, we're local guys and we, we understand there are challenges. So we've always tried to keep our prices as, as low as we can. Um, and that, that seems to have worked for us. And, yeah, we've, we have become uh, an institution, which is lovely to hear. It is lovely to hear. Um, just by doing that, I think just by talking to the customer all the time and, and being honest with what we're, what we're trying to achieve and just trying to do the best for everybody around here. What is it you love about the cinema industry? Someone once said to me that they described the cinema as a, an acre of seats in the Garden of Dreams, which I think really sums it up perfectly. There are. It's nice to be able to earn money because it's. You know, I don't care what anyone says. Every business is about earning money, you know, to varying degrees. But you've got to earn the pound notes to to keep you involved in it. And if you can earn enough pound notes to keep you in the business you love, then that's great. Um, but to be able to, an example would be, we get a load of school kids in here at different times throughout the uh, throughout the year, but predominantly just as they're coming up to their half terms or holidays. And they have school trips out. And we always obviously look after and we do them a deal. And they all come in all buddied up, varying, uh, varying ages. And... Um, they hold their, their little partner's hand and they all go into the screen. It's chaos, so noisy and ridiculous all the time. And as soon as the lights go down and the light, you know, the, the picture comes on screen, it's deadly quiet. And without foul, it's just deadly quiet, which is really magical. And then you get that first laugh if they're seeing a usually you know, the younger kids see an animation of whatever. But that first laugh is fantastic. It just you know, never, never fails to bring a tear to my eye. And then I always stand by the door if I'm around just to uh, show them out. And as the kids will come out, they all say thank you, say thank you like 300 times. And the beaming faces, they've all had a great time and I've got paid for that. I mean, I just don't see a better job, really. It's uh, it's fantastic. And 
not just fun stuff, but we can put important stuff on. Um, you know, the Black Lives Matter, Black History Month, that kind of thing. For instance, LBGTQ Plus stuff we put on, Fragments Film Festival, uh, you know, loads of different things we put on. Important stories to tell to people in the best way possible um, that make a difference to people. You know, you have weddings here, you people meet for the first time. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic job. What I just don't know anything that could be better, as I say. And it's not just a cinema, is it? It's, uh, it's become something of a community hub and you've got the cafe as well. Uh, is that important to you to, to provide that, um, to be a space for the local community? Yes, it is. I mean, it's, um, I think, you know, to, to be honest, I'm always looking at ways to exploit the, uh, the building. The building is the business. So, um, when we when we've been doing different things, we've looked at different areas and thought, right, how can we how can we make this more profitable? Um, and then you kind of look at all the different ways you can make it profitable, and then then you say, okay, what can we make money at, but also does some real good as well? And uh, things like the cafe, the bar, the cocktail bar, the stage, and and stuff like that, all all ticks that ticks, ticks those boxes, and we can I try to make those all run as separate businesses within the business um so they've all got to be profitable and they've all got to and because fortunately or unfortunately whatever it is the, the money is the way that we kind of measure success um in the first instance and you know that if the cafe i mean you don't have to be charging a fortune but if the cafe is earning decent money you know that means that people like coming in and they like what you're doing so it's a that's that's how i look at it that's the mark all the time so the cafe's become a really nice hub for people to come in and, and have a chat. And actually, during the last, I know we're probably going to go on to that, but during the last um, few months with the uh, with the COVID uh, situation, we've uh, we we actually opened up a cafe a couple of weeks before we opened the cinema to try and gauge people's appetite for the cinema coming back and things like that. And uh, it was perfect. People were so happy to see the doors open, see us survive. I mean, for me, that was never in question. But uh, that was, you know, that was the comments. We're so glad you survived. We're so glad you opened. When you opened the cinema, and it was great. And you kind of realised how important that cafe is for people. Seeing our regulars back and just see, and then seeing other regulars was really lovely. So that's that's really important. The bar again, we we do a lot of. Uh, we do poetry slams and swing dance lessons and lots of stuff for the community in there. And that's, uh, that's brilliant. I mean, I didn't realize how, how amazing poetry and poetry slams were. Uh, and, and that community is a really important community to, to support. It's getting more popular now. So that, you know, and a couple of our old poets are actually on TV now and different adverts, which is, which is really cool. But they're a great, they're great people, and I don't think they get enough support, really. So it was nice to be able to do that and to do that as a free event. So we try and do as much as we can as free events, and then that tends to just work for us in, in loads of different ways. So I think all of those different things, and I always say yes to anything. Someone comes up and says, look, I'm thinking of putting this night on. I go, yeah, let's try it. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but at least you tried it. So that's why I think it's developed so nicely. So let's talk about uh, the reopening post-lockdown. You reopened the cinema on the 4th of July, which was the first day that cinemas could reopen. And as far as I know, you were the first independent cinema in London to reopen. What made you open straight away? 
uh, yeah, we were the first and only independent cinema to open in London, which uh, I kind of thought was crazy, but I do also understand why some people didn't didn't open. Um, Tom, there's no way I could have stayed shut. If they say you can open your doors, I was going to open the doors. They they kind of floated that date about six weeks before and said we're thinking of reopening cinemas in um, in on the fourth of July. So I uh, I said to the guys, look, it seems to me the uh, the government keep dropping these dates in. They're, they're like the worst kept secret. Every date they've they've said they were going to maybe hit, they've hit for anything so i thought okay let's let's uh, let's work towards getting the cinema open um there was just no question that i wouldn't open i just thought even if there are no films we can uh, we'll make the space work in in some way um even if i had to go to drastic measures and not open it as a cinema i would still would have done that i mean um, it's a big space it's a build it's a big building you know, if, if if you'd have seen the state it was in before, the journeys to get it open makes this whole COVID situation, with respect, pale into insignificance. Because uh, that was a, that was a real mission. I mean, opening up the cinemas after a three, four month shutdown was was very difficult. Don't get me wrong; it's been a it's been a challenging time. But um, but no, I, I just feel that people need somewhere to go. I do feel that as we are a central part of the community. It's their duty to show people a way out of all of this situation into some eventually normality. I think you know, back to back to where we were. I, I'm I'm not a great believer in the in the new normal. I don't really like that phrase. I think that as a as a species, we we are always developing and getting better and better at what we do. It's not perfect, but where we were before the lockdown was as, as good as we could get at the time. So I think that's where we'll, we'll want to get to again and then we'll improve from there on. So for us to, to, to show people a way back to that, to um, to show them they don't have to be scared. There is a way through this. Um, we've put all our, all of our um, procedures in place, which people are very, very happy with. And there is a way around it. It's short term. We believe it's, it's you know, it's, it's not going to be forever. And uh, there are a lot of people who depend on us to get out, meet other people and enjoy themselves. And like I say, if we can welcome them back into the um, the acre of seats in the Garden of Dreams and let them escape from some of this you know, it's depressing stuff. Uh, it's not all been depressing, but there's been there's been some very challenging, like I say, times with, for everybody. I think it's a good thing. I think we, we owe it to our community. They were really, really supportive when we were closed. People were buying vouchers and memberships even though they couldn't use them which really touched me really i was so surprised it was wonderful to to get that response and i think therefore you know they had our back so so we've got theirs now and what measures have you put in place to make people feel safe and comfortable in the cinema so the first thing we put in place is the uh, the the virtual bubble around any booking so if you do we we ask people to uh, predominantly book online um, they can still book if they come into the to the cinema but if you book online we're doing allocated seating now so people uh if you book two seats four seats six seats whatever it is whatever's in your social bubble our box office system oh um, you know working with guys at savoy uh, the box office system puts a virtual bubble around them so that they can't book seats either side uh, or in front of some of the screens, in front and behind in some of the screens as well, depending on what distancing we've got. 
Um, if you do come into the cinema to book, it's the same system. So you'll you'll just book through our uh, through our guys on box office. Um, we've got a one way system in, a one way system out. We have our social distancing dots, which we worked with uh, with Anima, a, uh, a company we're working with local local artists, great guys. Everyone everyone involved in that was amazing. I want to give. It- Shout out to those guys. They were brilliant. Hazel, our designer at DCM, designed one of the dots. Ah, as well, didn't she? That's right. Yeah, that's right. She did. And uh, so that was cool. I mean, it was through DCM that we uh, we, we made that connection um, with Mike and Anna and, and all the guys and uh, Real Happy Dave and just all brilliant, brilliant people. Um, and they designed these social distancing dots, which aren't stay back, be terrified. You know, it's never going to change. They were very much pause for joy you know alone together it was really really great and fun and that's we're in the fun business so that was really great to do the social distance dots it's basically an art installation in the cinema um but so people can see everyone knows we're all we're all conditioned now aren't we, to stop whenever there's a round circle on the floor so people know what they are so it's nice to put those in and make it make it a bit more fun we've had some great feedback on those you go to the box office or to the cafe uh, uh, service point. We have screens in place. Um, we've been asking our staff if they want to wear PPE, they can. If they don't want to wear PPE, they don't have to because the current regulations are saying that's that's what the current regulations are, were. And uh, we've probably had 50% of the staff wearing masks Um on and off, you know, sometimes, pardon the pun, but uh, sometimes they're wearing them, sometimes they're not. But, you know, as they feel comfortable, we don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable whether they're wearing them or not. Um, you have got the screens. We have got at least a metre distance between the customer and the uh, the team member. So that's that's all safe. So we've got hand sanitizer, uh, hand gel throughout the building everywhere. Obviously, we're doing deep cleans. We're doing regular clean all the time. So... That's the system there. When we go through, we also do a temperature check, which we weren't sure whether to do or not because that's not not required. But we found that um, but I'd bought the bloody gun anyway, so I thought we might as well use it. And if people get offended by that, then we might not use it. But we've actually found that's been a massive, massive bonus for us. People are all talking about it. People love having their temperature checked. And then we show them whether they are you know, green or red. Um, and... I think that gives them confidence straight away off the bat. I mean, I would recommend anyone else who's opened up to get a temperature check gun because it we temperature check all the staff, obviously daily, uh, so the customer knows that. They know that anyone coming into the building is being temperature checked as well, and it just gives you that added confidence. Um, they go through to the box uh, to the uh, concession stands. Again, we have at least a metre distance between them and the server, and we have screens in place, and we... Um, and again, masks can be worn or, 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 or they're not mandatory, but they, they can be worn. It's funny that people who are working on the concession seem to wear the masks more often. Um, and then going through into the screens, we have hand sanitizer going on the way on the way into the screens. We have the social distancing dots outside. We have ushers in to make sure you're sitting in your allocated seating. And we have got the social distancing dots around. So uh, the uh, social distancing bubble around each booking um and that's how that how it's working throughout the building really we've got the, the social distancing screens and hand sanitizer and the distancing also between the uh, you know across the across the kiosk 
as well. And have you had much feedback from your customers on the changes? Yeah, we were really, I was really worried about the actual, if we got everything right. So before we opened about a week or two before we opened, we brought all the staff in. We said, this is what we've got in place. Um, what does everyone think? And then just seeing the way the staff came into the building um, made me realise that we had to really build confidence and reassurance for everybody because they were nervous as they came in. But I think we had the dots down by then, actually, and, and, and some of the screens in. And um, as soon as they saw the dots, they were like, oh, OK. They became a little bit more relaxed. When we said we had the temperature check gun, oh, OK, that's great. And then we, they saw the screens and they gradually relaxed. Um, we did take on board everything else they said. And normally I would take a view on what our staff feedback is. But in this instance, we put everything in place that they asked for or they even raised because um, it wasn't really difficult to do. And if it helps them feel confident and reassured that then will project onto the customer so that's that was a great thing that was really really good and my staff are amazing uh, they are very smart and they gave us great feedback so we put some a couple of extra measures in um, that they asked for or suggested and that's been really good so the customer feedback has been 99.9 percent absolutely fantastic we've been everyone is really pleased with what we've done the feedback on social media to us and also the interaction between the people who've been here and their friends when they're asking them to come with them has been really good everyone has said they felt comfortable everyone has said we've done a great job um really supportive love what we're doing love the films we're putting on and how we're trying to work through everything and happy we're alive happy we're, we're back and happy we've, we've opened so Honestly, I'm overwhelmed by the positive feedback. And so, how's it been since reopening? Uh, tough. It's tough. I, I, you know, this is this is what brings me on to, or what I said before. I can understand why some people didn't open. And we have got a thousand screens over. Uh, sorry, a thousand seats over five screens. So we potentially can operate between 30 and 40 percent, depending on how the bookings go. If everyone sort of books a single seat, then we might drop down to sort of 30 35 percent of capacity um but if we if everyone books sort of four to six then we could probably operate at 60 percent capacity so between 350 and 600 seats if we can get four shows in and we could get that amount of people in every show which we're not going to but if we could then you know we're we're golden we're absolutely fine so Capacity-wise, was never really a problem for me. Uh, but I do understand other cinemas that might have forty seats or one screen or two screens, and you know, a hundred seats in each screen, things like that. That's that could be tough. Uh, I know some cinemas, some of my favourite cinemas as well, have got very small entrances, um, so they're they're really going to find it tough, and they are, you know, they they are finding it tough, so they're not reopening until. October, you know, September, October, some aren't even open till next year, which is really worrying for me. I think that's uh, to know that some cinemas won't be open until then is, is, is quite frightening because I know how difficult it is. People think, oh, you just shut the doors, lock the keys, turn the switch off and you don't spend any money. Well, that's not the case. It's simply not the case. Every month that we were shut down, it's probably cost us between sixty and £80,000. You're losing your profit, which you're never going to get back, and also all the cost of the business. Uh, including still paying for the insurance, which uh, 
is uh, <laughs> is quite tough at the moment. Seeing is the, the the insurance situation with those guys trying to duck out of paying everybody but that's another that's another story um <laughs> it's a different podcast yeah that's a different podcast yeah indeed so uh, but we initially were I, I probably have around between 800 and well know, let's go to the low end so i might have between 600 and and say 1200 1400 people a day through the through the doors and initially we were doing a thousand a week um, so we were operating on around 10% of where we, where we needed to be. That, that jumped up a little bit, about 100, 200 people uh, the second week. Uh, but then we did have quite a big bump, not the weekend just gone, but the weekend before that. We, uh, we were up 50% all of a sudden. So we, we were taking sort of 1,500 to 1,800 people through the door. So it stuck me on about 25% of, uh, of income. And I must admit, people have been spending more on the kiosk, which is really lovely. Um, I think that's one because one of the thing, other things we put in place is we've staggered all the shows. So there's a big gap between shows going in and shows coming out. So there's never too many people in the in the foyer at any one time, certainly not crossing over. Um, and I think because of that, because I've got more time at the kiosk, we were, let, we were able to give them a better service, concentrate more on each individual. And we we're actually selling more, more product, which is good. So operating at 20, 25 percent, I'm kind of breaking even. I might be making 150 pounds, something like that, but it's a very nice 150 pounds. And as long as I'm making a profit, I'm okay. Obviously, and this week it's been steady growth. Yeah, it has, well, which it has been really, really steady. But this uh, this weekend was a bit of a killer because the weather was so lovely, and you know as well as I do, the um, the weather always gives us a bit of a, a hit. But I'm confident that we can crack on through until the 26th of August, where Tenet comes out and. Hopefully, some of the restrictions would have been eased by then, and uh, and we can we can really really smash it from there on in. So yeah, it's okay, Tom. It's it's challenging. Uh, we've been losing money over the first couple of weeks, but I think that was always going to happen. And it's actually I love being ahead of the game. We've got our procedures down now, even though obviously the government love changing the. Uh, different procedures all the bloody time, which never helps out. But anyway, we're ahead of the game with that, which is cool. People know we're open. I think it was great for us to be the first and only independent cinema in London to open. Um, and yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. We're in a good place. Great. So it's it's a few weeks till the first big blockbuster comes out and you said it's Tenet. So what have you been showing uh, up until then and what's been the most popular? Well, we one of the things that we were doing was because... As you, as you know, Tenet was scheduled for a lot earlier than this. So we put in a Christopher Nolan season, which was going to roll into Tenet. But every time we put another Christopher Nolan film on, they put it back another week. So we so that, we had to really stretch that. So we did the Dark Knight trilogy, which went really well. Uh, but the, you know, the one with Heath Ledger was all, always the uh, was the favourite. That did really well. And we showed a number of films that we were still showing when we were forced to close. Um, so Knives Out. Queen and Slim, um, Parasite, and they they did they did really well. They they were still doing solid business, really, relative to to uh, everything else. And we did a Black Lives Matter strand, so we did Spike Lee films, um, other bits and pieces, all under the uh, all under that kind of. Uh, yeah, we thought that was an important thing to show some some films that people could relate to. Uh, with that strand um, and then we 
we showed some old stuff like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Lost in Translation with Nell and I, and they all did relatively well as well. We had oh Jojo Rabbit was still doing good business. Um, so we it was a nice it was a nice fun time to try new stuff and uh, it was surprising what people were coming to. Really great. Um, some people hadn't still hadn't seen the uh, the older stuff, so that was cool. And then it was it was a good opportunity to put things on like Inception, which some people just have never seen on the big screen. So yeah, it was it was okay. It was it was, it was a nice time to have a bit of fun. So have you seen any signs that cinema going habits might be changing post lockdown, such as more midweek visits or slightly different demographic? It's quite difficult to get a handle on. If I'm completely honest, we have seen. So say, for instance, Parasite, we can have it on the same time slot every every day. Um, and one day the 650 will have 40 people in, and the next day they'll have no one in. Um, and then the, the 810 will do well, or the studio at 12 o'clock will do well. So it's, it's quite hard to see any real pattern. I don't know if people are just, it's the same people coming all the time, so they're just all going to one film and then all going to the other. It might depend on what we're promoting. I don't know. We can't really get a handle on it at the moment it's a completely new landscape that in that way uh, demographic wise we we definitely struggled initially with uh, the family audience we weren't doing very well at all with the family stuff um, I wasn't sure if that was because the kids still weren't properly broken up from school it could have had something to do with it or parents were still worried about their children catching it and, and passing it on or what I don't know I mean there's been so as we all know, there's been so many mixed messages. And once I've kind of said, that, that, you know, everyone's going to go back to school in September. We're not worried about the children. We have definitely seen more more family audience coming through. Um, we haven't had our older audience. We normally have an older audience as well coming in. So that's, uh, that's not been as big as normal. Um, in the cafe, we've seen all the guys back, but um, not so much in the in the cinema although when they do come back they tend to come in the quieter shows during the afternoon so that's definitely changed but as far as difference between evenings and afternoons i think it's still the evening shows it's still following the same kind of thing where uh, the weekend everything's pretty solid sunday the last show is normally quieter but friday saturday sunday is still our biggest uh, biggest days although they weren't this weekend i think this week's going to be bigger than the weekend because of the weather and you mentioned Tenet's coming out on the 26th of August. What, after that, are you looking forward to showing? Well, we'd like to be showing Mulan, but I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. It's quite difficult to uh, to actually plan any further ahead than that, to be honest. Uh, I mean, we've had all of, the, all of the big blockbusters we've been looking forward to, you know, Wonder Woman, uh, Black Widow, uh, the Eternals, all of those, of, of you know, they're all big tentpole releases for us. I'm hoping that because Warner Brothers have been really brave and broken this uh, global release strategy, uh, which I think is the only sensible thing to do at the moment. You know, that, uh, I know that it's difficult for some accountants to get their head around how they uh, how they can change a model. But if you've got, in my mind, as a businessman, if you've got a product just sitting on the floor. Um, and you can release it to half the world, then why wouldn't you do that? And just uh, if it's a good enough product as well, it should build beautifully 
going territory to by territory. I know they're saying about the piracy, but I honestly think that's a a bit of a red herring. I mean, piracy doesn't usually come from the cinemas anyway. I think it's it's usually before that. And plus, with fewer cinemas showing any films, it's easier to track down as well. So, uh, but that's I think it's difficult to to plan ahead. We are we you know, one thing we've learned is you can only plan a week or two ahead. You can have an idea of what's coming up, but. Um, it's all moving about too much. I mean, we've got, yeah, you know, we've got a nice, varied program on at the moment. We've, you know, we've got, uh, we've got the Parasite, the Black and White. We're showing Unhinged, which is the new Russell Crowe film, which is was our most popular film over the weekend. Knives Out is still doing well. Saint Francis is a new, new film we're showing, which is good. The Fight is new. Makeup is new. Um, and Queen. And is these slim. are films that have had really good reviews over the weekend as well, haven't they? I, yeah. I know that. And makeup got four, five stars in the Telegraph, and um, Unhinged did uh, got four stars yeah. as well. I mean, that's what's quite nice. You know, at least these these films can now get their head above the parapet, and uh, people if people do want to come and see a new movie, then they then they've got plenty of choices. You know, Summerland as well, Proxima is, uh, and Clemency. We've actually we've done really well with Clemency. It's a multi platform release that we we're supporting, and uh, with Bird's Eye View Film Festival, and they're. Um, uh, it's it's great. It's a great film, and it's doing well. And it's nice to see, which makes a change. Audiences building for a film. You know, normally, as you know, you have a massive first week, and then everything goes down fifty percent, and then another fifty percent, and on and on and on. But these are actually building now. People are watching them. Word of mouth is building nicely, and people are coming to see the films and being pleasantly surprised. So, yes, it's it's um, a different model, but it's it's good. It's good. And so what are your hopes for the next few months then, Tyrone? Um, I'm really hoping that, uh, because we've, we've obviously just had this news that, that masks are to be worn in the cinema uh, and theatres because there's a, apparently as a, a response to the spike in Europe. Now, personally, I can't see that spikes in Europe have come just from cinemas and, and galleries, but, uh, but you know, the, the rules are the rules. The, the trouble we've got with the rules at the moment is they are quite confusing because people can come into the cafe, they don't have to wear a mask. Uh, they can go into the bar and they don't have to wear a mask. They can go into the kitchen and they don't have to wear a mask. But going into a screen where they've got a social uh, distancing bubble around them, everyone's facing the same way and we've got a ventilation system that, that changes the air five times an hour, they supposedly have to wear a mask unless they've obviously got some other uh, reason that they, they don't have to wear it for their, you know, they're exempt. So it's almost impossible for us to to police that. I think it's just it's stressing everybody out. I know that you know, some people are very real advocates of masks. Some people aren't. Um, doesn't matter where I sit on the, uh, on the fence there and what side of the fence I'm at. Because uh, I think people are going to make their their own personal choice, and like I say, they've got a, an exemption. They've got an exemption. It's, if the police can't enforce it, there's no way our staff can enforce it. So I can see that we may have some customers who are asking us to enforce the mask wearing. But to get into a conversation with someone about wearing a mask who may have an exemption for whatever reason, who may just be taking it down to eat their popcorn or drink their drink, it's it's a minefield. So what I'm hoping. In the future, as one, I hope that the other distributors see that there's a success with uh, with Tenet. They see there's a way forward. I'm sure it's uh, there's lots of legal loopholes to jump through to release a film, different territories at a time. But I'm hoping that happens. I hope they start to support the cinemas that are that are moving forward with opening, and I hope that 
the numbers come down, continue to come down, and that will allow restrictions to be to be relaxed, or at least be a bit clearer to see what we can do. Because we've had a lot of people phoning us up and saying, do we have to wear, and on social media and everything, do we have to wear a mask in the cinema? And we're saying the rules at the moment say you do not have to wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, great. If you don't, then that's fine as well. It's your personal choice. Everyone's an adult. We all know what's been happening. You can read what you want to read, whatever science you want to read, and you make your own choice. If you're trying to shield or whatever, you've got someone in your 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 personal uh, environment that you need to need to look after, then that's fine. No one can tell. No, one, none of us can tell anything like that. You know, it's up to people to to make their choice on that. So, for us, people have been going, "Oh, great! I really didn't want to sit in a screen wearing a mask and then taking it down and then or laughing and then my glasses steam up and everything." So. We can we can understand that. We can also understand people who want to wear a mask and want to, want to see other people wearing a mask. So that's that's difficult for us. I'd rather just have a nice, clean environment. So we know we know the, the the rules and regulations. They are clear, and, and people just come and relax. Because one of the big things when we were reopening was we didn't want to make it feel like a hospital. We wanted people to come in, know it was safe, be reassured. We take every measure and more to make people safe. And we don't want them to, to feel frightened when they come in. We want them to feel relaxed. It's not that kind of environment. We're in, the, we're in the, the fun business and we want people to have fun and enjoy themselves. So I'm hoping we get more films, the rules are relaxed, the numbers come down, and we can just move on and enjoy enjoy the cinema in the way we're supposed to. And so finally, Tyrone, you've mentioned that people have been buying vouchers online to support Genesis. Is there any way, um, can people still do that? And is there any other ways that people can support the cinema other than buying a ticket? Um, yes, you can still buy vouchers and memberships online. If you go to the website, uh, www.genesiscinema.com, um, you can you can do that, which would be wonderful. Uh Come down, buy a coffee, have a beer, um, come and watch a film. It's uh, we're we're doing it, we're we're working it, and people are feeling good about being back in the cinema. So uh, that will be my preferred route because then you can see what it's like down here and just start talking to people again and and, and getting back to uh, getting back to being human, which is uh, always a lovely way to be. And have a, have a couple of hours and escape. So that was my chat with Tyrone. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next month. As I said earlier in the podcast, do check your uh, lo- the local listings of your cinema and do support them. There's some really good films on offer at the moment and Tenet is due out on the 26th of August. And I'll be back next month. Thanks for listening. 